Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standing Room Only podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standing, and I cover the Washington Commanders for the Athletic, which means now I'm going to be covering Eric Bieniemy and watching his offense here in Washington because the Commanders and Bieniemy have agreed to terms on a deal. Uh, it's the. Uh, we're going to talk about this in a moment with our pal Al Galdi, of course, of the Al Galdi podcast. We went through everything that we think about this deal, how it came to be, um, what this means for the offense, what, what do we make of what Ron Rivera pulled off here, and um, and all that. But this was the very slow-moving breaking news because it's become a pretty apparent over the last few days that this seemed like where everything was headed. But it took a, a long day on fr- a long time on Friday for this deal to get done. Nonetheless, it's done, and it is quite fascinating that this is where Washington landed after you know a, over a month now since they fired Scott Turner. Not able, not not really sure what they were going to do. The, the you know they've interviewed eight candidates, or they interviewed eight candidates. The enemy being the last one. And yeah, a lot of them were just not, you know, it, not that exciting. I've been telling you guys forever. I don't see them hiring somebody who has other options. Well, I think ultimately that is what happened here. Now I know everybody keeps asking, well, why would be enemy leave Kansas city to come here of all places? Not just you're leaving Mahomes or Nandy Reed so much more. And this is of course, as we know, you know, chaotic town. So why would you do that? Again, you guys have heard me talk about this. He didn't have a contract after the Super Bowl. I believe that was his choice, as opposed to it, you know, Kansas City saying we're only give you a one-year deal. But that I think that's my understanding. I'm not positive on that. So the head coaching situations were filled. To take a lateral move to an OC anywhere else would I don't count that as an option. And clearly nobody was viewing him as such. But here you would have to imagine, and this is where we'll have to get to more details, that he's going to have some say in what happens here with his offense, not just in, beyond even running the offense, but that's speculation at the moment. At, as we're talking right now, it's a little after 7 o'clock on Friday, more details to come out. While I was talking with Al, came the official word that, uh, well, the reported word, I should say, from Adam Schefter, that uh the the, the enemy in Washington had agreed to a deal. Uh, fascinating. I mean, just the idea, whether it's going to work, we'll see. I mean, I mean, duh, we'll see, but you can sort of, if it's a more conventional situation, you can um, perhaps speculate a little bit, Does, you know, what type of offense is this person going to run? What, you know, what, what, what's your, what, what, what's the buzz? If it's somebody who was, you know, more low key that gets his job, you know, you can, it's an unknown. You can sort of interpret however you want, but here Eric Bietemi has been a major NFL story for several years. Now he has not been able to get this head coaching opportunity since he's been interviewing for head coaches. I think since 2019, he's interviewed for 16 different jobs with 15 teams, the jets twice and not given the job, not one team has said, we want you to be the head coach. And, you know, go all the way back. I, I mentioned this. I think I said this with Al when we were on the uh, talking on, on the podcast that, you know, the day that Scott Turner was fired, I had to come up with a list of 12 candidates. And at that point, you're kind of just 
here are some potential names. Here are some likely candidates. And I had Eric Bieniemy on there. And you could say, well, that's an obvious candidate. But the specific reason was that Washington could offer him something that somebody else couldn't, and that is play calling, or at least that Kansas City couldn't. Here he is. Uh, so it's going to be fascinating. Uh, I'm excited for you guys to hear my conversation with Al. By the way, I just blew past all my introductory stuff. Uh, you know, of course, make sure you subscribe to this podcast because we'll be talking a lot more about Biennemi and everybody else uh, with this team over, uh, you know, over the coming days, the coming weeks, the coming months. And of course, also subscribe to The Athletic. I've got two stories up today. One's a, a news story on Biennemi, but one is on the idea that it's unfortunate he's in this spot that he could not get this op- these head coaching opportunities for whatever the reason. But this is where it's at. And at some point, you're going to have to decide what do you want to do here. And he decided to go take a chance and be a play caller rather than stay there with the Chiefs. He's won two Super Bowls. He moves on. Um, let me just give you a couple quick other nuggets here. I think to me, like, it'll be interesting to see for sure how many years, how much money. Good stuff. I do think, though, and the years will be notable in part because Dan Snyder would have had to have signed off on that. And, you know, we're all anticipating a sale. So what does it mean if it's three years? I don't know. But you think it's, it's going to be at least more than one year. But what else is happening here? Is he bringing anybody from his staff from Kansas City, from somewhere else? Uh, that will be interesting as well, as well as will those players get multi-year deals. Biennemi, I was told, part of the reason why this – so he he got the town Wednesday. They had a dinner Wednesday. Thursday interview, Friday, more conversation. He was, during this time, meeting with assistants. This is part of what was taking a while. So – what does that mean? We'll have to find out as you've heard me talk about a bunch already in previous episodes that some of their assistants were waiting on a new contract. I don't know for sure that they're all on offense or any are on offense, but the, you know, if you're going to bring in new people, then some people have to go. So, you know, we'll see where the and, and Rivera land on that. Um, this is just a fascinating situation. Uh, no team in the league has more big stories than this one all the time. Eric Bieniemy's story is not the same as, uh, you know, a congressional investigation or, um, I, you know, I've lost track off the top of my head here about all the other things, but we know what they are. But it's a huge story. And now that's going to play out here in Washington with him getting his first chance to call plays. It's going to be interesting to say the least. All right. Uh, let me not uh, mess around here much longer. Let's get to my conversation with Al Galdi. Uh, Al was kind enough to join me at the last second. So uh, a lot of off the cuff stuff from both of us, but if, uh, always exciting to talk to Al. Let's do that right now here on the Standard Room Only podcast. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
all right. Um, it, it's not that we had breaking news because we all were kind of waiting around all day for the news to drop that the commanders and Eric Bianami are on the verge of agreeing to a deal or they already have at this moment. Uh, but I still had to, had to go to the last second guest route to get somebody to come on. Not because I was like looking around. I was like, oh, wait, I need to do a podcast. And I thought to myself, you know what? Who does a really good podcast that I like is uh, Al Galdi. But it's Friday. He typically, Al's very regimented. He doesn't do one until Monday. So I'm like, I wonder if he's going to talk. Because if he doesn't, the world needs to know what Al Galdi thinks. And here we are. Al Galdi is joining me. Uh, very last second. I really appreciate it. Uh, Eric Benjamin news just happened a few minutes ago. Uh, how are you? Doing well, man. Yeah, this is kind of like non-breaking, breaking news because it is big news, but it's news we all knew was coming. And we've all been waiting like crazy for, I feel like forever for this hire to finally happen. So it is nice that it uh, finally essentially has happened. I felt like I was like sort of uh, like caged all day. Like I, I couldn't leave. Because any second, like every time my phone made a noise, I like, oh, what's that? Um, so I couldn't do anything, but you were just sort of stuck and waiting. Um, that said, uh, you know, as, as I said, you know, they are technically, I don't believe technically at the moment we're talking, he has signed the deal and we may get some other information to come out. And if so, we'll talk about that in subsequent podcasts. But right now, Eric Bieniemy is a, is on the verge of becoming the Washington Commander's new offensive coordinator with a multi-year deal and the an associate head coach title or an assistant head coach title and all that includes play calling duties just put it all just that eric b enemy the super bowl winning offensive coordinator is going to be the offensive coordinator for this team how do you process that yeah i mean i think this is a big deal you know the search obviously took a really long time uh scott turner got fired on january 10th and the enemy hiring doesn't end up happening, at least unofficially, until February 17th. So if you think about that, I mean, you know, well over a month you had this thing going on. And certainly in the initial stages of the search, I felt like the word that got used more than any other word to describe the search was uninspired. Whenever, whenever people talked about who had been interviewed, you know, the Ken Zampezis, the Pat Shermers, uninspired was the word that I felt like was used the most. And yet what we end up with is I think a hiring that is rather inspiring and is the kind of hiring that if you would have told people from the get-go, hey, they're going to fire Scott Turner, but they're going to hire Eric Bieniemy. I think, you know, you would have had like near unanimity in terms of people who are fans of the team signing up for that exchange. Now, look, it's not a given that Eric Bieniemy is going to thrive as commander's offensive coordinator. There's a lot that's going to go into determining that. But I just think on the surface, I mean, Eric Bieniemy, very respected offensive mind. Even if he hasn't been calling plays for the Chiefs, we know that he has been intricately involved in the game planning and the play designing. You know, you're getting someone, I think, who could end up being a home run hire for the commanders. So I, I think it's exciting. I'm a fan of the team in addition to someone who talks about the team. I'm excited for it. And uh, I would venture to say most fans of the team are excited about it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, on the surface... This is a guy like as if this franchise needs needs more headline stories, you know. This is one of the big ones in the whole league. That's why there's been so much attention. Uh, offensive coordinators have been getting hired left and right. The 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 Panthers just minutes before the Washington news came out hired Thomas Brown, the Rams assistant head coach who had interviewed here. 
I guarantee, I mean this nicely to the Browns and to the Panthers, nobody cares. I mean, okay, cool. It's interesting for the Panthers and the Rams, but it's not, you know, nobody knows who Thomas Brown is. Eric Bieniemy has been the face of the lack of uh, minority hires as head coaches in this league now for several years. He, again, was he's now a two-time Super Bowl-winning offensive coordinator. Um, he's he's a he's a deal. He's more famous than a lot of head coaches. <laughs> I mean, so to bring that thing here, it's going to be we we get to witness and watch one of the more interesting stories in the, in the league this year uh, because everybody's going to be fascinated to see what he can do running his own offense. Of course, the the rub is beyond the fact that he's not he's doing effectively a lateral move, but gets to do play calling is that he doesn't have a lot to work. With. Certainly not compared. I mean, he has some pieces, of course, receiver, running back, but compared to what he just left to go from Mahomes to perhaps Sam Howe is quite the the the, the drop. So it's you know he gets the opportunity, but we'll see to how much degree he's got like one hand behind tied behind his back or not. Yeah, well, I think it all kind of depends on how you want to view things. So, I mean, if, if you're being, I think, honest about this, right, what is this about if you're Eric Bieniemy? This is about getting an NFL head coaching job. I mean, he's not doing this because he wants to help Washington, okay? Like, he wants to be an NFL head coach. For whatever reason, him being Chiefs offensive coordinator has not led to him being an NFL head coach, okay? And there are a lot of things you can talk about with why that's the case, but whatever the reason or reasons are, that is the case. So you go somewhere else. You go to where you can call plays. You leave the comfort of Andy Reid, the comfort of Patrick Mahomes. But I think what you also can say is this. The bar with Washington is low. I mean, the truth is that Washington has had a bad offense for each of the last five seasons. If the enemy can come here and just make the offense, you know, decent, passable, you know, take it from a bottom third of the NFL offense and make it, you know, the 15th best offense in the NFL, something like that. I think that'll be seen as to win, especially if he does so with a second year quarterback in Sam Howell. So, you know, I don't think it has to be that he has to come here and bring the commanders to Chiefs like offensive heights. I think it's more, can you do a good job? How do you define good job? I think good is defined in different ways, depending on the, the circumstance. So I think if he comes here and just makes the offense decent, I think that'll be seen as impressive. And, you know, it sounds kind of wacky, but that might be enough to get him a head coaching job. If he just has one good season outside the shadows of Reed and Mahomes and does something with a team that has not had a good offense in quite some time. For sure. If the, if the rub for some teams was the lack of play calling, which, you know, just to point out, I mean, it's, a lot of people are certainly aware of this. That is not a criteria that has held back other coordinators. In fact, the two the two coordinators that preceded him in Kansas City, Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy, were both hired as head coaches without being a full time play caller. Uh, you know, so obviously Peterson won the Super Bowl with the Eagles. Nagy effectively uh, flamed out with the Bears. He's likely the person who's going to take over for Bieniemy uh, there. So, if but you're right, if he can if, if he can show reasonable growth here with Washington, especially if it's Sam Howe, the anybody who was worried because of that play calling aspect, those fears should be alleviated. Uh, how many of those teams are, was that the primary factor? I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I was talking obviously people ahead of this, just to get a feel for people around the league. And one quote that's in my story, I'm not saying it verbatim, but basically it was if you're a enemy or, or his enemy supporters, 
you can just you can think that the criticisms are fair or not but the market spoke it's been several years he only got one opportunity to interview for head coaching job this cycle he was not one of the colts finalists uh, before they named shane steichen their coach you you know at some point you just have to look at the look and say okay here's where i'm at what do i do to get out of this and he decided to go from the best team to the most chaotic team without much of a quarterback <laughs> with a head coach who is you know if if the, you know as we know because of the ownership situation at a minimum we don't know ron rivera's here beyond this year and for all of that the enemy still was like you know what i need to do something different and i you know i i i respect that even though it looks super weird and it's a bummer that it's come to that um but hey you know what for washington's perspective you know you're a baseball guy uh this is a home run or a strikeout so if it, it feels like it's hard to imagine it's in between it, it feels like it's going to be great or it's going to not work at all and we'll find out why 15 teams said we weren't interested yeah i mean there are so many possibilities right uh because it, it could work out to where ron rivera ends up getting fired and eric Bieniemy gets elevated to head coach and yeah. maybe washington ends up being the team that makes eric Bieniemy an nfl head coach it could end up being that eric and ron don't get along all that well and the offensive results this coming season uh in part because of the dynamic between ron and eric in part because of the offensive personnel end up not being good. I mean, you know, it's like there are so many different ways this can play out. And, you know, trying to predict how it's going to play out is almost futile just because we know how the NFL ends up working. I mean, just the scenario, like if you would have told someone, I don't know, two months ago, Eric Bieniemy is going to leave the Chiefs for the commanders and not for a head coaching job. Like you would have been laughed out of the room. And yet that is precisely what ended up happening. So like, you know, you just, you don't know. We are all dummies when it comes to the NFL. We think we know, and then we all end up finding out that we don't know. But, you know, with Ron, I do think that this is a win for him, certainly in the moment. We all know it. I mean, Ron Rivera did not have a last uh, few good months here, right? His December did not go well. His January did not go well. And, you know, we'll see what this ends up being. But this is impressive on the surface that he turned again what was being widely viewed as an uninspired offensive coordinator search into Eric Bieniemy. You know, I do think that Ron deserves credit for that, and you know, we'll we'll see if it ends up yielding great offensive results. But I, I think this is a big win for Ron in the moment, him landing Bieniemy like this. If I was Ron, I don't know where you were on Golfgate, uh, but if if I was Ron, <laughs> I, I would like 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 I would like. Like whenever they tweet out like the an announcement if it's you know, that the enemy is done, I would like quote tweet that with hit with him like on the range or on the uh, in the <laughs> yeah. tee box or something like that, because um, you know obviously they they worked it out. Uh, yeah, I do think it's a big coup for Rivera at a minimum from a PR perspective, and then you have to you know hope they can figure things out from a football perspective. Now, as I said, we are talking it's six fifty on Friday night, so. The deal is not done, and I think what's important, I'm not suggesting that means it's going to fall apart, but what are the details, including things like, does he bring any assistant coaches over with him? We're just going to have to speculate here at the moment. Normally, you would think the answer is yes. Uh, you know, it's funny, when Del Rio came on board, he didn't really get that opportunity because, as we know, Rivera more or less just took the whole Carolina group up here with him. Um but I don't know if, uh, you know, if I'm the enemy, 
Look, he only had this one opportunity, essentially. I guess he could go back to the Chiefs. I don't even, you know, I don't think any of us know definitively what would have happened if it didn't work out here for Biennemi, but let's just say he could have gone back to the Chiefs. But if I'm going to do this thing, this may be his one shot, not to sound like Eminem, but like, you know, if he's, got the, he's got the one shot. He's going to want to get everything he can. So you would think he's going to get some assistance. I don't think we need to speculate as to who could be out, but I mean, I do think that to me is important because it will show the level of power he was given in this deal. If he, if he doesn't bring in any assistance, then I think that shows, look, we're giving you the shot, but that's about, you know, that's about it. Other, but if he gets assistance, I think that says something about the conversations that were happening uh, about control and power of the offense. Yeah. I mean, you would think that this quote unquote interview between Ron Rivera and Derek, the enemy that essentially lasted over three days, right? Wednesday night dinner into Friday, uh, and who knows, maybe discussions continue into Saturday and finalizing the contract. You would think that this lengthy interview included staff conversations. Like, I don't think it was just all about offensive philosophies or, or even money. I, I think, you know, to your point, like, this is your shot if you're Eric Bieniemy to try to once and for all get yourself that long sought after head coaching job. And we know how coaches are like they want their guys. I mean, see Ron Rivera, right? And all the ex-Panthers he brought with him. Uh, to Washington here. So I would think that the enemy has some say so in who he can get now, you know, to what extent he can uh, pluck guys from Andy Reid's coaching staff with Kansas city. We don't know, but you know, I think a big part of this too is, is the offense truly Eric, the enemies, you know, it, it, I mean, one of the things that really has come to frame this commander's off season so far is that season ending joint presser of Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew, Interestingly enough, on the exact day that the team fired Scott Turner and, you know, what ended up being a press conference that was very much about, hey, we want a running game oriented offense. And even if you put aside, you know, the Mayhew two to one comment, which, you know, probably got blown out of proportion. But yeah. the idea was, no, we want a running game oriented offense. Well, has Eric Bieniemy been told this is what you need to do? Has Eric Bieniemy said, no, that is also what I want to do? Has Eric Bieniemy said, hey, I've been with Andy Reid. You know, I've seen the light. Passing offense is what drives success, which, by the way, I abide by. I think that that's very much true. You know, is Eric Bieniemy, if he wants to do something a little different than what was described by Ron and Martin at that presser on January 10th, is Eric going to be allowed to do that? I think that's going to be so interesting because I know one of the things that you and others have talked about you know, there was some sort of a divide between Ron and Scott Turner as time went on. And clearly they were not on the same page with the offense that the commanders were running, certainly his last season went on. And so, you know, I think it's important that, hey, if Eric wants to do things a certain way, I think he should be given the latitude to do things that way. But, you know, with Ron being in this all important season and, you know, commanders ownerships groups having contacted Sean Payton, at least according to Payton and Ron's job being in jeopardy, you wonder to what extent Ron will give Eric autonomy over the offense. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, to that end, um, the other component to this is, again, if if we believe that the enemy should have logically, I mean, look, any anybody cutting for a new job, you're going to push for whatever you can get. But this is different than just like you're, you're going from one office to another. <laughs> you know, uh, there's only so many of these opportunities. Then, but if, if if this is the enemy's shot, he's gonna have to push for certain things, including multi-year deal, maybe bringing in some assistance and having control over the offense. Does it say anything about Dan Snyder? Because he had to ultimately sign off on this. Like one reason why 
you know, early on, even before what Rivera told everybody last week at the Super Bowl about that they weren't really going to go in on spending for a quarterback. The second that the Sam Howell stuff came out several weeks ago, to me said, okay, this is their signal. We have this exciting toy over here, but we're not going to do the other thing that you're probably wondering if we're going to do. But I think part of that had to be that what what is Dan Snyder saying about spending? We They talked about the budget was mentioned a couple times. Um, people here know I've, I've talked about that a bunch. But now you're going for Eric Bieniemy. I assume Eric Bieniemy is going to be one of the highest, higher paid uh, 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 offensive coordinators in the league. If he brings in people, then he gets they could pr- presumably get multi years too. Does it say anything about Snyder's intentions? I I'm not saying it does, but I do think it makes me think about it. Yeah, I mean, I look. First of all, I give you a lot of credit because you were the first person I read or heard bring up the idea of a budget and. I think pretty clearly that is something that is in play. What I keep coming back to with the budget stuff is if you're Dan and you don't want to be spending a lot of money because you're about to sell the team, why can't you just tack on whatever costs you incur this offseason onto the sale of the team, given that those costs are going to be like pennies compared to what you end up getting for the team, even right. if you don't get $7 billion. So I, I just, you know, like even if the enemy got a nice contract, it's not like he's getting all of the money up front, right? It's it's money over the course of time, however many seasons that contract is. So whatever you have to pay him right now, you know, if there's like a signing bonus or whatever, why can't you just tack that on, that on to whatever Jeff Bezos or Josh Harris or whoever ends up giving you when it comes to buying the team? I mean, I feel like this doesn't tell us much of anything about the sale i sure hope not i mean i'm like everybody else i want this sale done <laughs> yesterday okay right. but um but look I, I think at least you could say this whether it makes sense or not what often happens when an entity is sold is that there is a spending freeze if eric Bieniemy is being given a multi-year big money contract that would tell you that at the very least ron rivera has been given you know some parameters by which he can conduct the proper offseason and and that's good news okay yeah. so i actually w- would kind of take that as maybe encouraging that hey um let me ask you about the football part of this because obviously you know uh, once we get past sort of the the fun of this is well what actually happens on the field we, we can't just simply say well let's see what kansas city did and translate that to here for multiple reasons one the whole point is it's Andy Reid's vision that the coaches are executing. Two, you got Mahomes. That, that, you know, most teams only can't compare to that. But what's so weird about this, I was thinking, is that the two these two offenses are comp- from a personnel perspective completely diametrically opposed. Obviously, the, the Chiefs have the best quarterback in the league, and Washington is going to Sam Howe, who's interesting. He has one career start. There's that. From the running back perspective. Look, the Chiefs did some good things with Isaiah Pacheco and and, uh, McKinnon in the postseason, but they're not like lead backs. They're perfect for what they do, but they're going to build your offense around those guys. Here in Washington, Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, that is a pretty pretty potent one-two punch you can really lean on. Wide receivers. I mean, the Chiefs had some guys that could make some plays, but... They don't have McLaurin. Nobody on the Chiefs would be right, would be slotted in the depth chart ahead of McLaurin, Dotson, and Samuel. Tight end. Well, obviously the Chiefs have the best one in the league and a Hall future Hall of Famer. I, I think Logan Thomas may be a cap cut. So there's that. And then you go to the offensive line. The Chiefs held the Eagles to zero sacks in the Super Bowl. 
the same Eagles defense that piled up tons of sacks all years had nine against Washington in week three. So you can't even just like easily say, well, based on what Bietemi was doing there, what the Chiefs were doing, here's how that could translate. I mean, I'm I'm sure the film people could point to stuff, but from a purely personnel perspective, almost nothing matches, which is just kind of funny. Yeah, and it's true. And that's why, you know, I think it's always so important. Like you as a coach certainly can have your philosophies and you can have your principles. And, you know, I think you should have those things and you should try to abide by those things to an extent. But really coaching is about seeing what you got and maximizing what you got. And so if you're Eric the enemy, like you can have an idea of what you want to do. But I think all of that is going to be dependent on the players you end up having. And and so that's why I, I think it is imperative that like, okay, when Rod and Eric were talking, was it, we're going to do offense this way, or you're going to do offense this way, or was it, no, I'm going to do offense this way, or was it, well, here's kind of what I'm thinking, but let's kind of see what we have. I mean, I, I think such a big part of, of coaching really in any sport is you see what you have and you sort of figure it out as the season goes on, because what often happens is you can be surprised by what you have and you could say, oh, you know what, we're better at this than I thought, or we're worse at this. Uh, then I realized I'll say this though. And you know, we all get it. The enemy wasn't the play caller with the chiefs, but we do know this. And, and I've had multiple guests on my podcast talk about this. I'm sure you've talked to people about this. The enemy was intimately involved in game planning. He was intimately involved in play designing. And when you talk about the chiefs, I think it's important for people to recognize this. Eric Bieniemy was the Chiefs offensive coordinator the last five seasons, the entirety of Patrick Mahomes' time as the Chiefs starting quarterback. That five-season run is arguably the best five-season run that any team in the history of the NFL has ever had in terms of offense. So even if Bieniemy wasn't calling plays, he was part of something that was very special, and he was very much a part of that something. Again, game planning, play designing, et cetera. So you would think that this is a guy who has some intellect in his, in his in his head in terms of how to do offense, how to adjust. I mean, the Chiefs this past season were no longer having arguably the best receiver in football, Tyree Kill, and yet still were ultra potent offensively. So I'd like to think that Eric Bieniemy can kind of figure it out, you know, that that he can see what the Commanders have and don't have, and sort of concoct a way to maximize what they have. Um, I think it's imperative that that's the case, because to your point, you can't just say we did this in Kansas City. Here's how it has to be. You know, it's more like we did this in Kansas City, but here's how it can be in Washington. Absolutely. And, you know, as somebody who was, you know, raised on um, Joe Gibbs 1.0 and his you know ability to take what was in front of him and make it work, that's always what I'm looking for, uh, you know, in a uh, in a coach. So, um Hopefully he's got some of that in him. Uh, we'll see. Uh, while we were just talking, uh, I'm looking at Twitter. Adam Schefter and uh, others are reporting that the deal is in fact done. That be so. Be enemies uh, official. Uh, you know, with the, with the titles as we discussed. So we we can stop putting it in hypotheticals. I guess I, I'll I'll confirm it later. Uh, while, while we're not talking. Um, yeah, look, it's going to be fascinating. I mean, look, there's so many variables here. It all still, it's all about the ownership. Nothing's changed on that front. But the football side, you know, when you're not going to get a more interesting quarterback than, I mean, I'm not saying Sam Howell can't be interesting, but like 
fifth round pick. Like, you know, there's not a massive investment there, but when you're not going splashy there. This is what's going to, what are you doing with this offense? Well, this is the splashy move that they just made. Uh, would you care to make a, I, nobody will hold you to this. Would you care to make a prediction like to some degree of how this is going to go? Like, cause ultimately with the big enemy talk over all these years, it's still a big mystery to me. What was the ultimate holdup here? Now, to be clear, this is a lateral move. Effectively, he's not the, the head coach, and that's what he was interviewing for. So that's different. But nonetheless, he is still calling his plays, and there was some reason why people didn't want him to be presumably the guy out front. So, what do you would you like to venture a guess as to what happens here? Well, I'll put it to you like this: anyone who has paid attention to our football team for any length of time is never wrong in assuming the worst with any scenario. Okay, because the last 30 years basically tell you assume the worst and you'll be right more often than wrong. The thing is, I can't do that. I don't want to do that. I want this to work. And I guess I would just say this. I'm not expecting necessarily spectacular results, but boy, I would like to think that we can get results that are at least good enough to take this offense to a level of competence, to a level of, like I said, middle of the pack in the NFL. And if you can do that, I think that can be good enough for this team to make the playoffs. I think that can be good enough for us to feel pretty good, maybe even very good about Sam Howell. And, you know, I, I think the, the bar is so low that if you can just get the offense from bottom third of the league to middle of the pack, that's a win. That's significant progress. Now, would that be enough to say save Ron Rivera's job? I don't know. I'm not really caught up in that right now, you know. I really think it is so important for this team to stop being as it has been offensively for the last five season seasons, which is, you know, point totals routinely in the teens. And, you know, at the ends of seasons, we always see Washington ranked, you know, in the twenties, if not worse in terms of all these major statistical offensive categories, like, can we please get this to a level that we see other NFL teams at in terms of offense. I think the enemy can do that. And I think the pieces are in place by which you can do that. You know, this team, if it just can get decent quarterback play, and if you could just get the offensive line back to a level of respectability, I think can be good offensively. So, you know, I'm not going to project greatness, but I can say project good enoughness, you know, and, and in these parts, that's a win, you know, and, and that might even be good enough to get Eric Bieniemy a head coaching job. Who knows? But boy, man, the offensive ineptitude can't go on forever. Five straight years, Washington has been really bad offensively. Interestingly, the exact same time that Bieniemy was the Chiefs' offensive coordinator, 2018, the first season without Kirk Cousins through this past season, it's been nothing but bad offense for Washington. It's time for that to change. Right. Well, it's like when when Rivera during the year blurted out quarterback when asked the difference between them and the rest of the division and while it was a weird comment to make and all that stuff he's not wrong like you know for all the time you're discussing whatever the reason Kirk Cousins leaves Alex Smith breaks his leg you know unfortunately Dwayne Haskins didn't work out here as a quarterback etc this is where they're at and we'll see what Sam Howe can do Uh, last question I'll let you go you said you're not thinking about sort of Rivera's future what are you thinking about what's like the one thing for you now that the OC is done What's the thing for you that you've got your eye on the most as we move forward here uh, with, with this team? Well, I mean, I don't think there's been a more shocking development than this Sam Howell scenario of how we went <laughs> yeah. from, 
he isn't even good enough to start in week 18, right? That was initially the way Ron Rivera approached things. To then less than a week later, Ron telling offensive coordinator candidates that Sam is set to be or positioned to be the QB1 for the 2023 season. I don't think you can overstate how drastic of a 180 that was, even from a guy in Ron who has changed his mind on plenty of things as time has gone on. And and so I'm still sort of processing that. Like, look, I like a lot about Sam Howell. I'm actually kind of excited for him to be the starting quarterback for this coming season, assuming that ends up happening. But is that going to end up happening? Is Ron going to change his mind once again? Is one of the reasons that Eric Bieniemy took this job maybe because he likes Sam Howell and thinks Sam can be very good? Or is it Eric took this job because he has been told, you don't want to go with Sam as the QB1? Okay, we'll do something else at quarterback. I mean, I, I think that is fascinating beyond the obvious thing of, hey, quarterback matters more than anything else. But the Sam Howell scenario, where are we at? Where'd this come from? And where are we going with it? I, I think that is huge in, in these coming months. Yeah, I've said before, my take is that it was an opportunity for Rivera to stop everybody looking backwards at what went wrong with Wentz and everything else and look forward with this potential. Uh, but now it's a real thing in the, in the sense of this is the guy the enemy's coaching or this is the guy the enemy is saying they need to get somebody else or whatever they're going to do. Uh, we'll see. Uh, at Al Galdi on Twitter, host of the Al Galdi podcast. And also, he's you know the, your go-to guy in town for all your nets. Uh, cover what is it the Nats chat podcast that's chat we're going to aim for more than 55 wins this coming season we can't promise anything but we can certainly try for more than 55 wins so we'll see there you go. you'll always give 100 percent effort whether the wins come <laughs> right. we will see al you are a lifesaver thanks so much for doing this it's always fun and uh eric Bianami, look at that I I appreciate you having me on and yes listen maybe it'll work maybe it won't but as we always know with our team we know it will be interesting. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Thank you. All right. Big thanks to Al Galdi. One last note, uh, just to mention, in case you missed it, because it wasn't the biggest news of this week for Washington, but wide receiver coach Drew Terrell uh, may be interviewing for the Cardinals offensive coordinator position. The Cardinals sought permission for that. I haven't heard that the interview has happened. Uh, the Cardinals just hired Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles defensive coordinator. Looks like they're hiring, a, they're interviewing a bunch of younger uh, coaches. Could be nothing, but it's interesting. And now, especially since it's the enemy side of the ball, what happens here with, with Terrell um, as well? So we'll see where this goes. I think I've been talking super fast in this whole episode. What can I tell you? It, it, it went from sitting on the couch all day, waiting and waiting and waiting to spring into action. Always a fun time. Thanks to everyone here for checking out the podcast. More to come, uh, perhaps even this weekend, depending on what the news is. But for now, Ben Stadick signing off. Until next time, see ya.